Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams, and I want to thank you, as always, for joining us either on the broadcast WJMM 99.1 FM in Central Kentucky Christian Radio or on the podcast. Go to WJMM.com. Podcast is upper right, near the upper right corner, and then click on the Love and Lordship links to get today's and the previous two days' messages. You can also find more at loveandlordship.com loveandlordship.com, and there you'll find videos, podcasts, and articles. So anytime we're doing these, you can usually find an article related to it, and in that article, any scriptural text will be linked. So that's very helpful, I hope, for you. And we're going to continue, I want to continue this week to build on the Valentine's Day message from last week to help us in our walk with Christ and in marriage and relationships that honor Him. We're going to kick off this week with a message to help us, and it's entitled, Moving Toward Oneness in Your Marriage. Now, among some of my favorite childhood memories were the church potlucks and family reunions and holidays where we spent most of our time outdoors playing all kinds of games with cousins and church friends and whoever else there might be, right? Occasionally, we would engage in a three-legged race, that not everyone's favorite, but it provided a lot of laughs and memories, occasional brews, and uh, I hope no broken bones or anything. But anyway, adults from the family or church would gather around to watch all the children pair up, trying to connect with just the right person in the game plan to win the race. Now, to make the game more fun or interesting at least, actually right down difficult, partners were tied together sometimes with one facing one way and the other in the opposite direction. You would hear the usual ready, set, go, and then chaos, bedlam, and more often than not, falls, bumps, and bruises would ensue, right? Tell me again why we continued to sign up and pair up and play this game. In spite of all this, it was mostly fun and laughter, and all the adults cheered as the, the, one of the paired participants would half drag and half carry their teammate toward and hopefully across the finish line, right? I'll let you guess which one was forward and which one was backward facing. There were always plenty of grass-stained pants or knees, loud and shrill screams and uh, lots of laughter. Of course, the most common way to run this race was to have this race was to have each of the partners paired together facing in the same direction. Even when you do this, the race is still difficult, but quite a bit easier for one main reason. The partners could much more easily work together in the same direction. Why? Because they were both headed in the same direction. With inside legs tied together, arms around each other's waist or locked together, the plan was to work to be stepping in unison, oneness. When this happened, the pair usually made good and quick progress toward the finish line. Most would likely still stumble and fall, but ultimately they would get there faster and with much less harm done to themselves or each other, especially when compared to those who were working in the opposite directions and trying to make it happen. By now, you likely know where I'm going with this. Marriage can look a lot like a three-legged race. You can work in the same direction, or you could be working in the opposite direction. Here are three ways you can move toward oneness. Number one, make some plans to get away, to dream, plan, refresh, and refuel. You've likely heard the phrase, you deserve a break today. I think McDonald's had a commercial about it, right? Well, so does your marriage. 
Think of it as applying the Sabbath principle to your marriage. How long has it been since you got away, just the two of you, with some extended focused time for and on each other? A weekend or extended weekend away from the usual to rest and spend time with each other away from the daily routine. Amy and I have practiced this since we were married. And for the most part, even during the years when our children were young, and we've never been what most people would call wealthy at all, but we've found a way and God helped us make a way. We usually practiced regular date times as well as one or two extended weekends annually. Until our children were born, we, could, we would have an extended week or so vacation as well. We would plan and budget for this. Very seldom missed it. Once the kids arrived, we continued most of these with our longer vacations, including them, and we enjoyed them thoroughly. The point is to get away from the grind, the daily grind, the moment-by-moment grind, and focus on each other. And we continue to practice this even as our kids are grown and on their own. Number two, focus on pleasing your spouse above yourself. In this, we're following Christ's example. and Look at Romans 15, 1 through 3. Paul exhorts us in this way. Now, we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to his edification, for even Christ did not please himself. Here are three key quick principles to follow this with your spouse. A, one, number one, don't just please yourself. Don't just go do things you want to do. This echoes the command in Philippians 2, 3 through 5, in which we are to imitate the same attitude that Christ had, that of humility. Well, the first one you ought to apply that to is your spouse. B, or the second one, look to the good of your neighbor. Now, you've heard this often if you've been listening to the Authority of Love program. Who is your closest neighbor? For those of us who are married, it must be our spouse. Please your spouse for his or her good, not anything that you get from it. You may, but that's not your motive. And then three, in this text, imitate Christ. For even Christ did not please himself. We, we go back to Philippians 2, 5 through 8 is our model, especially in marriage. And the express purpose is to build the other person up. What the Bible calls, in, in many cases in translations, edification. The best way to do this is to follow God's word and share it with your spouse, letting the word of God fill up your, you and your spouse to bring about shalom, a complete or wholeness that brings about peace. Selflessness overcomes selfishness. Just as with our walk with Christ as his disciples, great marriages and families are rooted in dying to self. According to God's covenant order, in Christian marriage, both people, out of love, are willing to give up their lives for the other to show Christ's love. Where does your spouse fall on your priority list? Early on, I made it a priority that I would not head out to an event for my sake and enjoyment without including Amy or making it possible for her to do the same. I didn't want to look in the rearview mirror as I pulled away to see her being clutched by three children while I was heading to a good time. Food for thought. Finally, number three here, make forgiveness mandatory in your relationship. It's, 
It, it, uh, it must be. It has to be because it's mandatory in Scripture. Matthew 6, 14 through 15, we've talked about it. It's in our book, The Authority of Love. We talk about this as being mandatory because Jesus, after the model prayer or the Lord's Prayer, repeated one thing. If you forgive others their sins against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. If you do not, you're not forgiven. Ephesians 4.32 said that we ought, to have, we ought to forgive each other just as God in Christ forgave us. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. And Colossians 3.13 echoes this. My wife and children have all commented that they were encouraged and learned much when I quickly confessed my wrongs, apologized, and asked for forgiveness. And believe me, I benefited greatly from it, just like they did. Here's the best way to do this. Colossians 3.13, I alluded to it from the Living Bible Translation. Be ready, be gentle, and ready to forgive. Never hold grudges. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Only as you practice this can you create oneness. Ignore it to your detriment and to the isolation of your spouse and deterioration of your marriage. Is your pride worth that? As usual, the most difficult step is the first one. Admit you're wrong and ask forgiveness. In my 30 plus years of dealing with couples, I can tell you that both genders struggle, but male pride and male ego seems to make this much more difficult for us men. The much ballyhooed male ego is real. And hanging on to it makes it hard for us to say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, please forgive me. James 4, 6 and 10 tell us plainly that God works against us when we are prideful. I chose early on to stay on his team and choose humility rather than pride. It wasn't always easy. I didn't get it right every time. But when I did, and with his help, it got much easier, and the blessings were tremendous in our marriage and family. Here's a great question to help move you away from immature, prideful behavior like this. What's more important, building a loving and united relationship with your spouse or being right? And oftentimes I found I wasn't even right. <laughs> God will lead you both if you will walk in love and seek his truth together. Over the years, I've had more than a few couples, men in particular, that would boast that they never did or in their minds ever had to ask for forgiveness. My first question when one of them shares this is, why don't we ask your spouse how that's worked in your marriage? That usually pours ice water on the prideful comments and attitude. And then we can return to God's word and commands and begin to move forward, forgiving 70 times seven times or infinitely. Remember, this is what keeps you on God's team rather than taking off his jersey, putting on the other teams, and now God's your opponent. By your choice, always turns out better if we're willing to humble ourselves and follow through. Here's some food for thought on moving toward oneness in your marriage. In order to follow through with all of these things we've talked about today, you have to lay aside yourself, your right to be right, any anger or pride, and your selfish desire to punish the other person or get even. How has that worked for you in your marriage and in becoming one? Four action items. You know the first two. Choose to spend time with God in His Word and prayer and listening to Him every day. As you do so, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you what selflessness, forgiveness, and oneness looks like in your marriage. 
Number three, when was your, the last time you got away together? Just the two of you. Plan a date night or weekend. Plan it away today. It can be simple. It doesn't have to cost much. But make sure you plan it. Ask the Lord to reveal number four. Ask the Lord to reveal any held on to grudges and be willing to let go as well as ask for forgiveness for anything you've done and make it happen today. Now, tomorrow we're going to continue with more of this marriage and relationship wisdom from real life and from God's Word, this becoming one and the way we can do it. So join us and, and invite your family and friends, loved ones, even enemies to join us as we all need to hear God's Word and perspective and covenant order on this. Remember, you can get our book, The Authority of Love, second edition at Amazon. Spell out second, S-E-C-O-N-D. It'll take you right to it. If you read it, give us a review. I can handle it, whatever that may be. Love to engage with you on that. Also, you can go to our, as I said at the beginning, our website, loveandlordship.com, and get a lot more uh, articles and podcasts and videos, and we'd love for you to share there as well. Uh, thank you for doing that. You can also give there. There's a Give tab in the upper right corner. Click on that. It will walk you right through. It takes a minute or so. Give one time or ongoing. I sure appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, for that if the Lord leads you to do it. And if it's not us, keep praying until he shows you who he would like for you to give to. Uh, there's a couple other ways you can do it. You can mail it to Love and Lordship at 324 Timothy Drive, Nicholasville, Kentucky, 40356. All donations are tax deductible, and thank you for any support. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day, and God bless in Christ. Stay tuned for Bill Reeser and Encounter. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.